0: Welcome to From the Factory Floor, of the Football Factory Podcast. I'm Stephen Karowitz, and tonight we talk about the resurrection, at least for one week, of Leicester. We give a little bit of love to Manchester United, then a lot more love, then a little bit of not-so-much love, but then a lot more love to Manchester United. So sit back, relax, and yeah, we give a lot of love to Dennis Burkham. It's
1: time. The young Nigel says he's happy,
2: he must be happy, he must be happy, he must be happy.
0: Uh, joining us tonight from the New York Foxes, Jason Becker. Hello, Jason.
2: Hello. The king is dead. Long live the king. Long
0: live the king who will last until Roy comes in. And my footballing brain from the NY Gunners, Barry Sherrington. Hello, Barry. Hello, everyone. So I did want to jump right into Leicester. It's actually the first thing on my list of things to talk about because I we could literally spend the entire night, Jason, talking about Leicester in a in a positive way and in a negative way because. They kind of were in a no-win situation here, weren't they? If they win, then they weren't performing for for Ranieri. If they lost, well, then they're a hopeless bunch. And uh, Liverpool certainly helped them. Uh, that was some abysmal defending. But I hate to sound cliched, you gotta be happy with that performance.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I don't. I think that was a surprise to everyone. I I, I know that we would have. Increased amounts of effort and, and passion. It was going to be a tense evening. But I don't think anyone expected them to go up 3-0 against Liverpool and ultimately win 3-1. And that, that was a very encouraging performance, if we can get more of that from the players. it I had deja vu to uh, the last time I was at the King Power, which was when Liverpool visited last year. And I, it almost looked like I was... Seeing the same plays I saw that that night in Leicester.
0: The um, there's a lot that's been said about Ranieri flipping the the tactics fairly constantly, and that was essentially if there was turmoil in the locker room, which everybody's still denying, but we know they're lying. Uh, if there was turmoil in the locker room, that's why they just they just wanted to know how they were going to play. But Tinkerman wasn't tinkering with the lineup; he was tinkering with the with the tactics. And kind of being all loosey goosey, and and after uh, after everything they'd been through, they kind of were like, you know what? A little bit of structure isn't so bad.
2: Yeah. Well, look, this season was uh, never going to go nearly as well as it did last year, and I think I did say though before the season when when I was forced into. Making my predictions for the top, what six? That Leicester would be second, I think. I hope you deleted that. <laughs> but uh, I did have Chelsea number one. It, it was look. This is always going to be a, a, a tough season. They had a crazy preseason. They had injuries this year that didn't have, uh, and had to fit in new players to roles. Lost in Golaconte, uh, then had to play now in multiple competitions, playing Europe. So the focus really wasn't ever there. They were, just, they were getting pulled in, in a lot of different directions. Uh, and I think that Ranieri thought that he caught lightning in a bottle last season and didn't want to revert to those same tactics. Didn't think that, thought that the defense were a step slower than last year. Didn't have N'Golo Conte playing two positions really in the midfield. So he was trying to sort this out, but there just didn't seem to be an answer from him. And I think if I were a player in that locker room, I would have been pretty discouraged by this point in the season.
1: Barry, I'm going to bring how you in. How do you feel? I'm just curious to see how Jason feels as a fan.
2: Though. As a fan, I mean, I feel like I lost a family member. Uh, I will always love that guy and think he's just a, a very, very special person. I was fortunate enough to, to meet him, and he couldn't have been any more of a gentleman. Uh, when really my brother and I were imposing on him, he was having a, a quiet moment of reflection or texting or whatever he was doing. Uh, and he made plenty of time for us. So we love him, we'll always love him. Uh, something had to change. Uh, I was surprised by the timing. Certainly there was an encouraging result even though it wasn't the best performance against Sevilla in the Champions League. But everybody was pretty positive, uh, thinking that they had a chance uh, in the second leg, a uh, tough match against Liverpool, so nobody really expected anything from that. But then Hull the week after, uh, followed by another, the second leg of the Champions League. So the timing really surprised everyone, and that just made it more of a shock to me. I wish that Ranieri would have been able to leave on his own terms. Uh, so it's just, it's sad all around. So as much as I'm happy that the club, the players did well, Uh, as much as I believe in the club and and believe in the owners and think that they've gotten a lot of unfair uh, criticism, I'm always going to be a little bit sad about how how this ended.
1: Do you think, um, contrasting this to Pearson leaving compared to this, where do you see the two?
2: I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm very, very grateful to to Nigel. Uh, He, you know, Got promoted out of two leagues into the championship, and and was there during the during the Great Escape. I think that he he forced the owners' hands there. Uh, I, I I was behind that decision. I just think that uh, they were sort of disrespected, and it was just an it was just one. It was I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. There was a lot going on. Uh, behind the scenes. Tactically, I didn't think he was as sophisticated as a manager as what the, the club needed. Uh, but this is definitely much more emotional uh, for me with with Ranieri. I think that it's just some, something that's going to linger in our hearts for a long time. There are certainly plenty of fans that want to bring Nigel back, uh, but I think a lot of us were able to move on pretty quickly. And certainly the immediate success that the club had um, and just Ranieri's personality helped us all get over Pearson mm-hmm. uh, a lot quicker than we thought we would
0: So nobody's making plans for Nigel huh <laughs> uh,
2: There are some some fan, uh, I, I heard fans wanting him back but been uh, wanting to uh, I do they, that. I think they'd take anybody over Roy Yeah but there seems I, to be an awful lot of
0: displeasure over the con- the, the thought of Roy coming in <clears throat>
2: Well, I mean, those are you know uh, maybe uh, Barry might be able to speak better to that as a uh, as an Englishman who was probably quite disappointed after the Euros.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting much. I never am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't. Well, that... it, it's, you know, there's only one trophy. 16, whatever teams in there for it. 32, you know, it's or whatever it was. 24, I think it was in the end, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, you can't. You, you know the, the the thing is, I think that as far as that England thing goes, the, the, they're on a hiding to nothing anyway because the players are always so hyped up and then they're they're put up on a pedestal just for the sole purpose of target practice afterwards. So yeah, you know it's. But then again, I think you know as a, a safe pair of hands a Gus Hiddink style pair of hands, you, you could do worse than have Boy come in. Uh, yes, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it looks like at the moment, based on one game, that Craig Shakespeare has done the uh, you know a uh, two Brute sort of thing and got in there. But uh, well, we'll see. We all know what happened to Brutus in the end. that's
2: true. Uh, no, I, I do I think that I, I think that a lot of the reports were uh, <coughs> exaggerated. Uh, I think that they're I don't think that they're. Uh, the players or I don't know if there are any sinister plots going on hmm. um, in the club in the in the changing room so uh, shaky is would be my pick to, mm-hmm. to see through the club I think he's more than uh, a capable more than he's more than capable of managing uh, there being being the manager mm-hmm. uh, he had an unfortunate quick <laughs> or maybe one match Tenure as an assistant uh, under Big Sam for England, but he's highly—you know—the folks around the club respect him. The players know him. The players like him. Players respect him.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the only thing I can't understand in all of this is that there's been this claim that um, you can—you know—four-four-two. They went back to a four-four-two but I remember seeing some games at the beginning of the season where Leicester were playing 4-4-2 and they were shit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, so I find yeah. it a little bit uh, of a fallacy to, to claim that, oh, you know, the tactics were whatever. And maybe well, it was just to kick up the backside and they realized, oh crap, we have got Ranieri fired.
2: Yeah, I think that that's part of it. And I think the players really felt like they had something to prove because they were just getting slammed all week mm-hmm. in the press. Uh, But So they were playing that 4-4-2 early in the season, but uh, uh, Vardy was out in the beginning. Vardy didn't have a a good preseason. He was injured. He had a surgery, Mm. got Euros, got married. Uh, There were injuries also in the beginning of the season. So uh, they were trying to figure out the the midfield pairing. So it was Danny Drinkwater and and Mendy. Mm. Mendy got hurt, but he didn't really seem like he could... uh, even when he was healthy, didn't look like he could uh, um, uh, take up as much of the pitch as N'Golo Kante did. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that didn't work out. And then Dan Amardi, who was really brought in to be more of a uh, defensive midfielder or you know play on the in the back four, was sort of pigeonholed into that role. Then Drinkwater got was hurt. Then Andy King playing in the middle. So Andy King and Dan Amarty playing in the middle of a Premier League. Uh, mm. Midfields, it just just couldn't get the players to settle together. He dropped that back line, so the back line was sitting a little deeper, so the press press wasn't as high. Vardy was then suspended for three games. It was just one thing after another, uh, and they weren't sort of keeping com, com, keeping compressing the field, yeah, so they could get those quick counters and get the ball over the top.
1: So do you and think you it was just the corollary it. of last year? So, you was, know, yeah. last year was a perfect season. And this year was, you know, just lots of crap coming down, having used up all your luck, good fortune, um, talent, and everything else. And, well, and energy.
2: Well, I guess when it comes down to it, what I'm trying to say is we made a deal with the devil last year. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're paying for
1: it. Hey, this is a
0: stark example of a theory that it's almost i think got to be taken as fact that when you have a a taskmaster and this is true for i think for pretty much any sport when you have a taskmaster coach manager head (coughs) as you did in nigel pearson uh and they'll take you far and then when you have the next person come in and the kind of the shackles are removed there's a freedom there's a there's there's a you know the, the sunlight shines through and there, there was a lot of that with this Leicester side. That I, I remember very clearly when Pearson got the bullet. There was no expectation of really them getting any better, um, much less improving Except to for, the quality that they did.
2: Well, I, I was uh, one of the few, I think, to positive to 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 back. Claudio, and to I, I, I'm in the Leicester Mercury uh, with a rather uh, optimistic uh, prediction for the season, but did I think that I, I didn't think it would fit, they would wind up anywhere near what they did. I I was thinking more around mid table. Um, yeah, well, Pearson is very good at surrounding himself with good folks and building um, building up the club. So he had Steve Walsh with him, uh, who was the head of scouting, had Craig Shakespeare as his assistant, made the club invest heavily in sports science So uh, and, and also statistics. So they were almost this kind of like money ball system. You know, you can't afford possession. You just don't have the money and the prestige to bring in those players that are going to play a sexy, you know, tiki-taka for you. So they invested in the areas where they could could possibly get an edge in scouting and sports science and, and the stats. And that whole the, the sports psychology even, too. And that whole infrastructure was all there last season. Ranieri really didn't touch it. He left all of those guys in their spots. He brought in a couple of assistants, but that was it. Everyone kept their jobs. And that was a big key i think to the success and then look what happened uh this year steve walsh leaves the sports psychologist contract isn't renewed uh, they you know all sorts of changes uh internally sports scientists is, is let go a bunch of the other scouts were poached so just that infrastructure wasn't there again this this season and uh that doesn't look like it helped so actually awkward. on that
1: scouting point um, I don't know I posted up on the page on the Facebook page for us it was an interesting article about the um, Manchester United and man City and the trials and tribulations they're going through on uh, scouting and building scouting networks and how easily it can be demolished in in you know in, in very quick order so it, it's it's worth a worth a read that.
2: I will, but they can, they both of those clubs can cry me a river about.
1: (laughs) Well, no, it's just, uh, you know, they're vying for each other and then they put money in. And then Man City came up with offering free tuition at St. Bede's, one of the top Manchester private schools, until they're 16, even if they get dropped.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's a selling point that's a huge
1: selling point you know (laughs) therefore we are looking after your education we are looking after your kids and that sort of thing i'm just saying when it comes to that scouting recruitment you know all the rest of it it's (laughs) it's a a very interesting and very fluid situation barry what is
0: it you have to you can only recruit within 10 kilometers of your home ground is that it
1: uh something along that order um up until the age of nine or 12 i can't remember the exact number now um, but, yes, it has to be in the local catchment area, so you can't, you know... Um, and that's why they're very particular about where they put their grounds, and Manchester United and, are, and uh, Man City, for instance, have their grounds um, separate, um, at, at separate sides of Manchester.
0: Um, but Anyway, yeah. so, Leicester, you're only two points above the drop. Um, only. Totally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> on. Well, they were one point before... And then they were in the drop. So right. you know, I'm sure that Jason is happy at the moment. But the question is, what do you think is going to happen by the end of the season? Do you think that you can get out of this
2: mess? I think they will. I think they will survive. Um, it's going to just take a, a um, small change in, in fortune. Looking at the uh, the, re- the schedule the rest of the way, uh, I think that Burrow is going to fall. Uh, I think Hull. Uh, I think Hull will have issues, also. Um, but, so I, I, I'm pretty confident that that Leicester will stay comfortably above the drop when it's all set. But you
0: turn. guys have a big say in that. You guys have a big say if Hull, if Hull is going down. They're a terrible team away from home. They're coming to you. They're coming to the King Power, and for the for for this weekend, if you guys can take them down, then you then you sink them. This is a six-pointer. You sink them pretty well solidly to, to, to the relegation spots and yeah I mean then it's you, you really do have four you beat Hull not draw certainly not let them not lose to them you have four relegation teams easily after you with Sunderland Hull and 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 burrow yep. and Palace, I, it's just because he's so jammy I never want to bet against him but even they're looking pretty friggin awful they're
2: looking bad I think burrow right now looks looks pretty bad at times so uh, yeah I, I feel pretty good uh, about their chance now let me rephrase that uh, I'm confident that they'll stay up do I feel good about this right now no but I think they'll I think they'll survive at the end
1: you got it so do you think they actually pulled sorry I was just going to say based on that do you think they actually pulled the trigger too soon on the ranieri swap?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that they could have afford. They they could could have waited, but the thing is, there really wasn't any hope anywhere. When you looked at the league performances, most of that game against Sevilla, just that awful FA Cup match against Millwall, it was um, it, it was hard to find the positives, and no one had any answers. The players didn't. They, Raniere didn't. So, uh, I understand that. The I understand what the owners did there because relegation is just unacceptable. Uh, after everything that they've uh, uh, invested into the club, you really can't afford to, to go down. Then they also. Well, have you can't
1: to because you might get a fine as well from the league. Well, that's the other thing too. <laughs>
2: yeah, so there are p- possible financial fair play fines if they get relegated out of the Premier League and go back into the uh, football Championship, league. yeah. Yeah, so there really is, there's just, uh, there's no, This is there's no time to take any chances with this stuff. I think if the owners uh, feel that they had to make this decision as tragic as it is and as um, heartbreaking as it is for me, I, I really can't, um, I really can't criticize them for that. I understand, mm-hmm. even though I do think that there was, there's plenty of time left in the season.
0: There's something positively Churchillian about his his firing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I think I think that in a few years, certainly if he retires anytime soon, but I think in a few years, there's going to be the biggest ass statue of Claudio Ranieri, in, in you know in front of the stadium, and. He, he, it is. It's it's Churchillian. You know, it's like he was a great. You know, kind of, you know, he was a great wartime prime minister, yes. and and you know, peace kind of did him in, and the same thing and here. Clement
1: Attlee came along in nineteen forty four when things started winning, and said, "No, we don't need you anymore." <laughs> um, but
0: anyway, it's it's going to be. You know, we're now at that point of the season, and we're now certainly Lester are at that point with the quality of the of the roster where. You really just have to say, well, look, who's realistically going to be better, you know, going to be better than us? And and the truth is there are at least three teams that you were better than, which doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, pitfalls. But um... Yeah. And
2: at the same time, you know, this is, you know, a good 90 minutes. Let's not, you know, start giving all of you. It- giving everybody hand jobs right now. We'll see what they do against Hull, but I feel pretty good.
0: No, I mean, and again, that Hull whole, that whole match will be the indicator of, you know, do you rush out and get Roy or not? I,
1: no,
2: I we grow, don't. I grow we, bored. We and- do not do. Stop saying that.
1: No, do you don't. Do it's
0: just it's so Please. dumb.
1: It's so dumb. Hey, Joe is available. No, I was gonna
0: say I'm waiting for Fernando yeah. to come on. Joe Kaneer's <laughs> available. Although Barry, in all fairness. <laughs> in all fairness, you know he's going to Barca, so Yes. You
1: know. Well Pardew, Pardew's available
2: as well. You know? <laughs> <Pardew's available. laughs> we just we just have to get through the season so we can bring Luis Enrique in next year. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Hey uh, we have to send out positive thoughts and good wishes to Fernando Torres who apparently took a I didn't see it I just saw the reports apparently it had to be like an ambulance was backed up onto the pitch um but he's uh, he seems to be okay but apparently very very scary for our erstwhile resident of uh of of South London well Chelsea um the um and and you know we're not there's nothing to talk about with uh, Arsenal tonight because our match was was rescheduled with Southampton because of the uh, EFL Cup. But <clears throat> the one great thing we do have to discuss is Barry, the greatness, the glory that is Dennis Bergkamp might be returning. Vymjanek, uh, <laughs> who's uh, who ran our academy after Liam Brady left or was fired, we don't know, uh, taking over at Wolfsburg and taking one Freddie Lundberg with him. Which leaves us with a spot in our academy, and the non-flying Dennis Burkamp. Oh, wouldn't
1: that be nice? I mean, well, that would be the ideal situation for him because he can, he can. I think the phrase, and here we go. Fifty-cent word. Inculcate our youth with what it really means to be a genius and how hard you have to work at it. So you know, that, that's the that's the key bit. I think someone like him—he's already revered. The f- videos are all over the place, but then being able to tell them face to face, this is how hard I had to work to get this far. You know, um, it's, it, as we know, it's it's all about you know talent. It's not just about talent; it's about talent
2: with hard work. I'm and sorry? speaking of statues, there's one of him outside the Emirates. And if That's... you can't be inspired by a man who has mm. a statue—a yep. living mm. man who has a statue of himself—then who can you? Learn from <laughs>
0: and be inspired from. Right. Um sorry, what was that word?
2: Inculculate.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna Jason Slavsky. you. It's inculcate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I hate to do it. but inculcate. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm a pedant myself, so... And yes. I do it to Solowski all the time. So yeah, I know. I, well, there you go, Jason. I have I'm, to. I'm, Jason, there's yours back. The okay, everybody roll. line up go. for every fuck it, up it, by He's
1: nation. not just picking on you, he's picking on everybody. Picking on everybody. Because he's a picker on us. Because <laughs> I'm
0: a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cause I'm, um, but, um, Carrick, Michael Carrick, let's... You know, basically, this is going to be the... Uh, well
1: actually I want to before I going to hijack a little bit yeah, let's yeah, go please. to the EFL Cup. Oh you know yeah, yeah. Was... what what's what's everyone's feeling about the the cock up? I mean it was a huge cock up on that offside.
0: Yeah, I don't know tragic. why it's not a bigger deal. I don't know why it's not I,
1: a I, deal. I, But I haven't seen you know in the papers everyone's just gone oh well Manchester oh, United that's... played you know they won. Knew, it happened. You know Ibrahimovic. Yeah. it was inevitable.
0: I agree but... with you. I agree with you. I think it's. I think it's personally what I think is it's an indication of people who complain that nobody take that takes that cup seriously. There's your proof. If that if mm. that had happened in an FA Cup final, or in a Premier yeah. in a league deciding match, the outrage would have been extraordinary. And here it was just like, well, it was a, it was Ebro. It was a good goal.
1: Um, and, and Southampton were doing. I mean. If ever I've seen a one-sided, it's one of those ones where a one-sided game and it goes completely against the people who are doing the best football. It just I couldn't understand it how, you know, Southampton. But Southampton have done that this year. They have switched off in defence for five minutes or so and just been, you know, uh, mugged, for want of a better phrase. Um, and and that's what happened to them. They switched off on that third goal. They just switched off for a couple of seconds. Ibrahimovic did not move at pace. Ibrahimovic just knew where he wanted to be. And he went there. I mean, if you have a look at the replay of it, he walked into that spot. He laid the ball off and sauntered. It was literally a Sunday stroll for him into that spot. And then the ball arrived and he went bop. And that was it. I feel sorry for Southampton.
0: I I, I agree. Jason, did you see it?
2: I saw some of the highlights
1: not watching the match, the Yeah, I guys, d- yeah, I, I mean, no. well, when you know when you get as bored as we did because <laughs> there's no games on at all. Yeah, you know, I was reduced to watching Stoke get beaten four <laughs> nil by Tottenham.
0: I speaking of, but let, let's let's stay on United because I've been United are the new our 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 the podcast's new Liverpool in that. Nothing they do can is ever going to be good enough, and that was Liverpool's spot for quite a few years here with us and I think realistically if um they are going to they are certainly much more likely than Liverpool to knock someone out of the top four and stay there um, It could be any one of the three behind Chelsea and uh certainly Arsenal are the most likely suspects um they are you know Zlatan is absolutely unbelievable Mourinho has Mkhitaryan playing brilliantly he has Pogba playing f- with freedom and and finesse and has found a spot for him and yet and yet and yet it is you know if Zlatan goes down with an injury which granted Zlatan doesn't really get injured but if Zlatan gets hurt they're done there's nobody else scoring on that team and you, he's got
1: well, he's, I don't know I mean Martial picked up a couple at the weekend uh, a week ago so you, I think you're a, they, they've got the possibility they are built but then again you could say that about a number of teams in the, in, the, um, in the league at the moment you know particularly towards the top end where they're built on one player's success or good run of form well, that's you Liverpool know, with, with, with Leicester last year. Leicester last year got off to a really good start because, uh, well, what's his face, old ferret face? Oh, no. <laughs>
2: you're number nine.
1: Yes, He uh, does look like a ferret to me. Come on, Jason, he does. He's,
2: he's got. A, don't, even though he's been <laughs> on the cover of what Okay Weekly now every month, he's still not a model, So we don't. <laughs> We don't cheer for for his looks.
1: No, no, but you know the 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 good start was based on him scoring in twelve games, twelve well, that consecutive was, games.
2: That that was, that that was part of it, uh, but then also he went through a pretty long dry spell that season too, and they were still because Moraes was picking up the slack and right, and and, and and
1: so you know I I think back to the United question there, um, Stephen, I, I you know yes, Ibrahimovic has... Their mainstay, their main plank of uh, the attack, but the others have been keeping in with the odd goal here and there. They're not doing too badly, and they seem to have shored up their defence a bit.
2: Well, I think that's the key right there.
1: You know, although saying that on Sunday they were, you know, shown to be a bit slow pedestrian. I mean, well, no, but Southampton's attack is a very, very mobile attack. You you have to say there aren't actually that many attacks in the league which are that mobile. Chelsea, Arsenal on a good day, Tottenham on a good day, Liverpool on a good day. Manchester United's is not. Yeah. Um, who else have we got? Uh, that's about it, really. If As far as I can remember. Maybe Palace, funnily enough, Palace on no. a good day. Because they've gonna, got
2: the likes of Zaha and Punchin and so on. And um, maybe um, on two games so far this season. Hmm. When Mars is on, when yeah. Marty's on. yeah, Leicester Mars-
1: as well. No. But but there's not that many. Um, you know, Stoke have reverted to sending what's his name, Crouch on.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, West Brom have let Rondon go. I don't know who they've got up front at the moment. Iu Jordan Iu, I think it is uh, someone like that. So you know. Um, and Everton, Everton's is not that. I mean, Lukaku is a powerful runner, but I wouldn't say he was that quick. No. So yeah, I, I think you know Southampton, like I said, that particular you know Man United are not going to come up many defence, many attacks, and certainly not with the games they've got left in the season. The what's twelve games or thirteen games they have got left in the season? Most of those have not got quick attacks.
0: Okay, I want to get back to Zlatan because I found my notes.
1: Mm. <laughs> Zlatan
0: has scored 26 goals in all competitions this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the next four and
1: resulted in one trophy.
0: And the next four of their top scorers, you'd have to add them together to get you know to to beat that. Um, in the but league, that's okay. Uh, but you see that no, I, I, it's it's not a, Look at Liverpool. I mean, you want to see where it's where it's not okay. Liverpool is a good example of that. Arsenal in the, in, in, in the past have good, been a good example of that. You, you, you get dragged to a point with, with, when you have one player who leads the, every charge, but, and particularly United. United have never been about having... I know that they always have one goal scorer, but this is not... Having Zlatan on, Zlatan on 15, Juan Mata in the league on 6... And the next one down after mata is martial on three oh sorry pope has got four and then martial has three mm-hmm. it's that's not but, spreading it around that's 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 a statistical anomaly all
1: when right you have, when yeah, you have, I, but i would take you to task on that it depends when those guys are scoring if they're scoring in between when zlatan isn't scoring then it's okay that's where you've got to take the stats. But the only point.
0: one doing that is Mata. And again, but, I can't give you exact, because I'm not hmm. watching every United match, well, but uh, in my no, head, I'm just the getting only sense one scorer...
1: Though. I mean, you know, I mean, in the few that I've seen, I've tortured myself a few times for this podcast and watched a couple of Man U games. Um, it has seemed that when Ibrahimovic isn't popping up and scoring, others are in between. Now, you know, Martial the other week, Ibrahimovic didn't score. Martial popped in with two. Yeah. Now there's some saying he was getting whipped on it, and you know the last chance saloon and all that. But even so, he still popped up with two you when no one else it. And was he, doing And
0: he can't get another match. And he can't get a match. Right. So I, it's and and I'm not I'm not I'm starting to see the logic of Mourinho, but you mm. know the twisted logic. But I, you know, I'm just I I look at this this printout I made of you know I have of. 15 league goals for Zlatan 6 for mm-hmm. Mata and then 3 for Martial 4 for Pogba 3 for Rashford and 3 for Mkhitaryan the only one you could reasonably expect to get better is Mkhitaryan Mkhitaryan is, is likely going to contribute a lot more now that he's really slotted into the side um, and again, you know what?
1: They only need on the other one side it's working what's that? And they only need, in realistic terms you only need one of your uh, add-on players to get to 10 or 15
2: yeah, I mean um, This is a Zlatan team, man. Yeah. He gets the goals.
0: I am listen, I'm not knocking it. They are I am as an Arsenal fan, right now, I'm not putting any bets on Arsenal staying stay in the top four the way the United are playing. I mean, this is this is Mourinho at his best. This is you know, you're watching Mourinho create to craft that side. That side, you know, that yeah, it's very easy for me, and I say it with absolute certainty. He ain't going to be there in a year and a half, but for right now, this is when he's. This is when he starts to hit his stride, and it is going to be for anybody who likes United. This is going to be a thing of beauty that's that's coming down the coming down the road at us. But it's it's.
1: It, so you're just, saying it's going to be one glory year than crash bang. No,
0: no 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 no. I think it's going to be one glory year. Well, the the, the he's they're only going to do great things the rest of this season um if 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 Zlatan stays healthy if if the key guys on that team stay healthy I'm going to say and 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 basically that's Zlatan Pogba at this point now Mkhitaryan, um De Gea um and then next year they're going to be unbelievable but this is this is the thing I wanted to say and it came to me as an epiphany I can, I can only say, because, but I'm, I, I must be saying something that everybody has said, because it's, it makes so much sense to me now, I'm, I'm reading about all the things that Luke Shaw is saying, and how he doesn't understand, he doesn't understand, and then I'm reading Pogba saying, nope, this has been great for me, and McTarian saying, while well, everybody was defend, standing up for McTarian, he's like, no, this has been great for me, and then today reading the excerpt from Ozil's book, about where Mourinho called him a coward, but then also says, I love Mourinho. I love playing for Mourinho. And I think I've realized, here's my epiphany. This is what Mourinho does. He, he, in, he berates you. He, he not bullies you, but he makes you you know here you are thinking you're a star here you are thinking you're the top of the world you're the best of the best and he comes in there and he just shreds you and he tears you down and it's like they do in boot camp I guess they they tear you down to build you back up and that's what Mourinho does and when it works it works magnificently and we saw it both times at Chelsea where he would tear guys down and he would also get rid of you you know Mata you're gone um uh Schneiderlin, we're going to let you go. You know, any of these guys, everybody's disposable. If you can't make the grade, you're gone. But he tears you down and builds you back up. And then when he builds you back up, you love him, except for the guys who don't, who don't love him. The Luke Shaws who are stuck there going, I'm doing everything he's asking me to do, and I'm not getting in. And that's where the two or three seasons down the road, everywhere he goes, he starts to lose it. There are enough guys who are just like, I'm tired of him yelling at me. And what do I have to do? And I, I say this with respect for Mourinho because it works. And maybe he's right. Maybe, I mean, I, Shaw has never shown me anything that said he's a Man United great. I mean, he's a quality player, but maybe, maybe Mourinho isn't crazy.
2: Well... I think he, he well he's got other issues but yeah he, he um and i don't know that he wants to be in a place longer than three years or four years so this yeah, i think he understands you know what he's doing and uh he certainly knows how to sort of make that magical season happen
0: Well, he's it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean Barry, what do you think? He's you think he's you, you do you see them continuing at this pace?
1: For this season? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's a possibility of it. I I don't know, I think the the number of draws they had earlier on in the season is gonna tell a bit on them. But um there's no you know there's nothing that indicates they're going to slip up at yeah, I don't
2: want
1: to play United yeah. right now. Yeah, I think the the you know the momentum is definitely with them. But how far that momentum will take them, I I don't know. You know, I mean we're getting to the warmer climes now with all this warm weather we've had over here, so they're going to have it in Britain. You know. That, that spring is going to come that much earlier and we know that Arsenal play really well when it gets warm and we can take the gloves off and not play with snoods around our neck
0: Yep, the precious, the little snowflakes the precious yeah. little snowflakes
1: um, <laughs> Well, I see the other way, little rays of sunshine That's right, country. that's right, that's right
0: A Little rays of sunshine. United go up against Chelsea in the FA Cup not this weekend, next week um, that'll be an interesting one um, Mourinho's certainly going to be up for that, but this weekend, um, who do they have? I don't even know. I mean,
1: one of the interesting things on that Man menu oh, thing, that, that just just to add, yeah. is that they still have to play City because that's been pushed back because right. the EFL. So that is, you know, it's a big derby, big game. I can't, I I haven't seen where they fit it in yet, but depending on where they fit it in, you know, it could go one of two ways. If they get beaten really badly by City, which they owe City owe them, I think. Um, then, you know, that could be a real downer, or it could be a big kick in the backside, pants-wise. I'm sure Mourinho would have a, you know, uh, at least a Portuguese uh, mistral sort of warm air over his players, um, encouraging them to do better in the latter part of the season. We'll have to see, but it, it's, you know, that's something that's that's out there. I don't think arsenal play arsenal have played them twice already top i'm not sure there aren't that many you know there aren't that many big uh top five derbies going on or top five mixers uh left a lot of them have already been played so this year it's going to be about you know how well do you do against the mid-table teams
0: actually united united actually has some ugliness up ahead of them um so they're bo- they they're hosting Bournemouth, so that's a win. But they got that FA Cup match against Chelsea. Um, they mm-hmm. have to go to Russia for the uh, for the Europa Cup. Um, but then heading into April, they have Everton. They're away to Sunderland, which I I only mention because if Sunderland get any kind of late season inspiration as they have been known to do, that's a I'm not saying they'll lose, but that's a tough match. Then they're at home to Chelsea. Um, then a couple of weeks off. Then they have Arsenal. They're at they're at Arsenal. Oh, they do have Ar- the first oh. week of May. They're at Spurs oh. the first week. Uh, the second week of May.
1: I was wrong. I, I was looking at that. It was Chelsea. I was looking yeah. at Chelsea,
0: not Chelsea. And and yeah, they still have that. I mm. thought they still hold mm. on. We're, we're going to look on the interwebs because I thought you're right that they still do have that. Uh, well, yeah, when is that rescheduled
1: for? They definitely have the City match.
0: Yeah, it doesn't say when it's rescheduled for. Because we were playing Southampton,
1: and they were playing right, City this week. Right, and they were playing City. Yeah. Hasn't been popped in yet. I it know, hasn't I think. been. Hasn't been slotted in. That is strange. Because no, it'll be dependent on where the uh, Europa League is. Right, in. right, comes right as of course. Because well, they put it in as a midweek but uh yeah so we might not know but so which then pushes it pushes it into the second part of you know into april which is already very congested for them because they're still in the FA cup as well
0: i have to say i will say this i will say this blindly and i will say this right now based on what i've seen up until this point this season and knowing who's who all the personalities involved players and coaches i do not see united losing to city i i just I mean that city team Pep is is a little beaten up and that city team is just I mean, you found a way to make Sergio Aguero
1: look like a piece of dog shit. I mean how That's do you, okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with I'm that. I'm okay we'll with that too. But, this season. Let Sanchez go for loads of money. <laughs>
0: it's it's unbelievable. That team that, that team is unbelievable to treat Joe Hart and Sergio Aguero so shabbily. Well, the
1: Joe Hart one Joe Hart had a lot of cock-ups last year. I'm so
0: gonna...
1: last year, yeah. So I I'm not so. But Aguero is a proven uh, albeit with slightly glassy 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 legs, but he's a pretty proven goal scorer. If I was someone like Tottenham for instance, Tottenham would be the one that I'd want to one of the reasons I'd want to snap up Aguero, even if I wasn't going to use him, is to stop Tottenham getting him. Because if Tottenham pair his energy with Harry Kane,
0: mm, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, you've got a very mobile pair who both have a good work ethic, both know exactly where the goal is. They've just got a nose for goal, um, and and one's tall, one's short. The perfect pairing. You know, because that's a, Aguero would be the replacement for Son.
0: I love Aguero. He's the only guy in United, at, at City, <clears throat> as much as I hate that that establishment, um, I, I've always, I mean, I love watching him, and I always thought he's hes incredibly underrated when Player of the Year comes around. Mm-hmm. and.
1: Um, well, he was top goal scorer, and he didn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't I, you know, had,
0: I just... mean, 23 goals, le- I'm looking now, I looked it up because of the interweb. 23 mm. goals in 14-15, 24 last year, one goal, one behind Harry
2: Kane. And, he missed a bunch of games last year, too. And mm. this year... Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And this year, he's still at 11. He's still got yeah. 11 goals when the top scorers have 17.
1: Yeah, and he hasn't played a bunch, and he's been injured.
0: So, I just... So, I, I mean... Jose, he's... And that United team, they're scrappers, just like every one of them. They're scrappers, just like him. and And... You know, now you look at that city team. They are so old. Look at all the players that are gonna that are going mm. I mean, <laughs> they're gonna be. I guess it's time for them to go back to Arsenal. They're gonna. They're losing uh, Bakri Sanya. Mm. They're losing. Uh, uh, well, Samir Nasri's already gone.
1: Blues uh, getting on a bit.
0: You know, um, but well, screw. Them
1: company should be out this year Uh, he's he's going to be a backup next year yeah they're just
0: they're they're so old they're so old um and they Mm -hmm. really have to they have to get a they have to get a goalkeeper and 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 by the way joe hart's not the answer to their goalkeeping issues either joe hart was always overrated if he wasn't english he wouldn't be playing at torino right now so let's while i'm defending him let's not get crazy uh uh liverpool um, two points for f- two things to mention about Liverpool. One is getting back to my earlier point. Sadio Mane, no Sadio Mane, no joy. That's the only sign that they could play. And even then, sometimes they can't. But, you know, f- Fernando was right all those times. He, S- Sturridge is just, Bar- is it the, Barry, is it the injuries? Well, Jason, I'll ask you also, is it just the injuries have all caught up with him or was he just never that good? I think it was the injuries. I think it's just. The only thing he ever really had going for him was, you know, his speed, his quickness. Quickness is called quickness, and that's gone. That's gone. I mean, he's just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's barely a Premier League striker anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I think that—that's a lot for anybody to to uh, to go through, at, you know, that age too. just just how the constant injuries and I—I uh, I, I don't know what else you can really blame us you besides that yeah
1: i think um i don't know i i thought he was pretty good but i think he is pretty good but it just uh, he's never really been one that seemed to uh come across as looking after himself you know and and really being he always came across to me as being a bit full of himself um You know, he came through the City Academy and he didn't make it there. He went to Chelsea he was up and down. I mean, in total, over the course, he's been around since 2006. Yep. And in those times, he has only made just under 200 appearances in 11 years. Now, bear in mind, you could make a minimum if he was in a Premier League side all the time, thirty-eight games per season. So it's eleven season. So theoretically, he should have made four hundred thirteen appearances. Yeah, he's he is. right, and he's only made two hundred. So, you know, in the goal scoring record, I mean, with Liverpool, he has a one in two ratio. But nowhere else has he had that. And part of that came in a golden season when he had him and Suarez.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And, and they've never, you know, it, it, at Liverpool, they haven't paired him with someone else. He's been... Rel- I think we said it when, when Suarez left, that him on his own is going to be the test of whether he's any good. You know, whether he can perform consistently when the pressure's on him to be the spearhead of a striker. You, you said that. You said that quite a bit.
0: And I, he has failed that test, you have to say.
1: Yep. I feel that way. I mean, you... you... I think it'd be different if you saw him... There's The funny thing is, if he came to Arsenal and he had someone like uh, Sanchez there, I think that'd be a very yep. interesting thing. Yep. You know, a la Welbeck. But Welbeck hasn't been around. You know, another one with glass whatever um, uh, limbs. Um, you know, there's a few of them around. And that's, that's part of the... Have, trying to find that that player that's robust enough to keep playing you look at um, Andy Carroll Andy Carroll's got a superb scoring record for per appearance for West Ham and even Newcastle and he didn't do too badly at Liverpool actually problem was he was injured most of the time it's one of those players where you know Sanchez plays all the time if you look at Sanchez playing all the time it's whether or not they they look after themselves and they do everything possible to keep their health up. That was one of the great things about Henri. It was a great thing about Ian Wright after you know after he got beyond thirty, he realised he had to look after himself. Bergkamp, another one, went okay. on until he was thirty-six because he didn't you know didn't partake of any of the partying, looked after himself, kept him you know had the self-discipline. I guess that's the word we're looking for while I'm skirting around the self-discipline to really apply themselves to the, the, the chosen profession
0: um, let's have a quick word for Spurs before we wrap up Kane is being Ooh, talked about that's a word. Uh, Kane is being talked about by <coughs> Pochettino and Kane as one of the world's best players and I think he probably is but I think he's probably not as good as he or Pochettino think he is. Um, and if he is that have good,
1: a couple more seasons.
0: And if he is that good, he's gonna get he's gonna get bailed and taken mm-hmm. to. I mean, Real is gonna come crawling for him any minute now. Well,
1: here's the thing: Ronaldo's got maybe a year or two left in him at that level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Imagine bail and um Concord Nose I was trying to think of a nice name that's about the nicest I can come on. um <clears throat> it's because I've got a small nose so I have nose envy um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but no it, it you know Kane Harry Kane and Gareth Bale you know won't make much money on the shirts because you don't pay for that many letters They'll make it on the make it on the goals side and the number of shirts they sell, and, and that would be an interesting setup. I actually think, if he proves to be another season that good, he'd actually be better suited to somewhere like Bayern Munich. Hmm,
0: it's interesting. Uh that is interesting. Plus, we don't know. We. Because they don't... have
1: Robin and Ribbery on the sides, whacking it into the centre, and he's a very good six mm. six yard target man.
0: The the, the the touchy point here also is we don't know where Pochettino is going to be next season or the season after that, because we do know, or at least the rumours are, that he's highly regarded in Spain. And it does make sense. He does make sense. I think he makes a little bit more sense at Real, but maybe maybe he's a Barca replacement. Um, well,
1: actually, there's, there's a, in, in that whole thing, there's a huge amount of turmoil about to happen in the next two years to do with Article 50 and leaving the EU as to who can actually be in the country. Right now, if you're from one of the European 27 countries, you can be in Britain legally playing for the team, and there's a lot less um, restrictions on how you get into, England, into Britain. Um, you know, it's basically you can come over there, you can work, so long as you pay your taxes, you're all well and good. After 2019, there's going to be a lot of turmoil because all these contracts and so on um, require visas and so on for you know South American players and so on. They've uh, anyone outside the EU they have to have played something in the region of 30 or I don't remember it's three quarters or a half of all possible internationals to qualify as a possible um, transfer. So. There's a lot of players at the moment, they're signing three-, four-, five-year contracts, but they may actually be in breach of immigration rights or immigration rules in a couple of years' time. It's only two years away.
0: I, I did not realise it was that close.
1: Theoretically, in, uh, after the end of... because the, the, they've got to call you know Article 50 and say, we're getting out of the EU because the referen- referendum went through. They're supposed to be, they said already they gave a date of March 31st. So two years after that, according to the EU rules, Britain is out. And if nothing's negotiated, everything goes to basic World Trade Organization rules on commerce and everything else. And UN rules on, you know, yes, we'll look at your passport, but you need to have visas and stuff. Hmm. So this is going to be a very interesting time. You may see a lot of good players not sign additional contracts. You may see players like Kane stuck, not actually moving anywhere because they don't know whether they're going to get stuck overseas at that point, or you know, they get kicked out because they're no longer you know. Well, we do know that the the
0: uh, the the uh, the UK government has said that they will not that no EU uh, residents of the United Kingdom. Will be will 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 be forced to leave. Um, so basically, if you're in now, you're not going to have to leave. I don't know how long well, that's going to last.
1: Yeah, that that depends. Um, I mean, there's, we're taking it on a politics level, but there's there's just been a decision that's going to be overturned. So the House of Lords, the upper house of the uh, UK Parliament, has just said we want to enshrine that in law that anyone who's from the EU and is currently legally working in the UK can stay. That would solve a lot of this. but um, the government has actually said we want to make that part of the negotiations so it's all very interesting and and like I said no one actually knows at the moment but it's all up in the air and it should be very (laughs) it could make transfers uh, transfer windows over the next couple of years Um, uh, very uh, tumultuous not tumultuous because that makes it sound really nice full of turmoil turbulent turbulent there we go
0: yes all right i think we have to call it there we're almost at our hour so uh now thank you barry
1: in. what's that <laughs> now you've got your 50 cent word in that's now i got
0: my 50 cent word um <laughs> thank you barry thank you uh jason and good luck to everybody this weekend and we'll talk to you next yep. week
1: all right enjoy again all right have a good week